Grab a drink and have a seat. It's time to chat with the hottest new artists and songwriters around. This is Backport Sippin' with Lindsay. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Backport Sippin'. Kicking off a brand new year, 2022. I got a feeling this is going to be a good year for everybody, hopefully. <laughs> My guest this week comes from Georgia. He's getting ready to release a brand new album, January 14th, coming at you with Barstool Preacher. What better way to kick off the new year than with some new music, of course. This week, I'm talking with Jacob Bryant. What was it like growing up in Georgia? If you like boredom and bluegrass, it was great, but... Uh, <laughs> No, it was awesome. I mean, we just grew up kind of simple and and just family and fellowship and music was really all we did. My family had a little bluegrass band and stuff, so it kind of was ingrained in me from from birth to uh, to have a guitar in my hand. Wow, that's awesome. So music always a big thing for you. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have one. Well, actually, I have two sisters. I, I found out I had another sister later in life. My, my dad... Uh, my dad was kind of a, a little bit of an outlaw. So <laughs> I have a, an older sister and a younger sister, and they're both they're both beautiful and great gals. Are they doing anything with music, or just you? No, that's just me. The younger sister's um, doing the school thing out in Washington State, and then uh, my my older sister works in the uh, nursing field. She does uh, like mixes chemo for cancer patients and things like that. Both very important. Mm -hmm. What kind of music did you grow up listening to? I know you mentioned doing bluegrass. So is that kind of what you grew up just listening to or? Uh, yeah, I mean, that that was, I guess, what kind of got me sparked into it. But as far as like what I took interest in outside of what my family did was probably more alternative rock, southern rock, anything from, you know, Travis Tritt to Skinner to Allman Brothers to... Um, even like a bunch of old country too, like Keith Whitley, George Jones, stuff like that. Can't go wrong with any of those fellas. <laughs> Absolutely. You're still, you know, pretty young, but you've really already lived through so much. What do you feel most made you grow up so quickly? Um, I mean, talked about it, I guess, in my in my testimony or whatever. I, you know, grew up with addiction in my family and stuff, and you know, a lot of times when a child grows up in that situation, they have no choice but to kind of grow up and be the parent themselves sometimes when the when the actual parent's not strong enough to do so. So a lot of that was a, a big factor in, I guess, me growing up faster. And then also, too, I was just always told I was more of an old soul, even when I was super young. So I uh, always gravitated toward older people and trying to gain wisdom in them and, and uh, just trying to I guess, <laughs> grow up too fast for a young kid, for sure. Yeah. Well, a few years back, my dad actually introduced me to your music. He always told me, you know, it was kind of like sitting at a campfire, you know, with like Merle and Waylon, Brantley Gilbert. You mentioned some Leonard Skinner, Luke Combs, all the best guys right there. Who do you think you'd probably add to that campfire session? Oh, Lord, you just named most of them. Probably add my buddy Brent Cobb, man. If you're just talking about campfire music, he's another Georgia guy, but he, he's got some really cool vibey stuff that would be really cool around a campfire. And then my other buddy, good writing buddy of mine, uh, Wyatt McCubbin, he uh, either wrote or helped write with me probably 80% of the songs on this new record. So he's a, a cool one to have around him. And 
Joel Shoemaker and Jamie Grooms, a lot of my writing buddies is probably who I'd have around on, on a bonfire session. Very cool. I'll have to check them out. So I know that you do have some kids. How many kiddos do you got? Got two. I got a two-year-old and a seven-month-old. Man, so you are staying busy. Well, Mama is. Uh, she's great. But I, I kind of I stay busy with the music thing and, and try to be home when I can. But I, uh, I'm definitely away from home a lot more than I'd like to be sometimes. But right. It's, uh, it's great seeing them grow up, though, when I, when I get the chance to, for sure. So when you are on the road, how do you stay connected with them? Just a bunch of phone calls and FaceTiming or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in the world of musician, whenever the two-year-old wants her daddy, the, the mama will <laughs> call me up and get me on FaceTime and let her gripe at me for being gone. So the little one's got, a, got the sass of a 30-year-old. Do you think that having kids and a wife has kind of changed things for you, like changed your approach to music or your career? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely learning how not to be a um, a grown ass child anymore, and, <laughs> and kind of get my stuff together and try to be a better role model. You know, how'd you and your wife meet? We had a lot of mutual friends. I guess from the time I was about twenty or so on, um, we knew of each other, and it's kind of we just passed and repassed, and then eventually tried dating. You know, um, once we both were single at the same time, you know. So what if when your kids get older, they kind of decide to follow in your footsteps and begin singing or writing songs? What advice would you give them? Um, <laughs> go be a doctor or something. <laughs> but but uh, no, I mean, if, if they're passionate about it and they want to do it, I, I could never tell them, no, don't go do that or whatever, because I mean, it's, it's uh, it is a hard road and it's not, it's not something that you know, is achievable for most people that don't have a really strong backbone and what I call no quit in them. You know, I've, mm -hmm. I've never given myself a plan B because if you give yourself a plan B, all you're doing is setting yourself up for an excuse to quit, you know? So I've just always put it in my head that this is what I'm going to do and ain't nobody going to stop me from doing it. So I just keep on going and, and I've kind of took the long way around, you know, not, not using a label or any kind of big corporate entity in Nashville to help me or anything like that. I've done it with just me and my manager over the years and up until we signed this deal with 30 Tigers and we're about to release this new record. This will be my first time ever doing anything on a, on a major scale like that. So it's exciting. I mean, you're going to start the year off real big. So that's always nice. Uh, it's, uh, it's nice to see the fruits of your labor after 12 or 15 years of messing with it, kind of finally coming around in full circle for sure. Absolutely. What do you think is probably like changed the most in the music industry from when you first started to where you're at now? I mean, the biggest thing I see is, is, you know, the buying and selling of music is just completely different. You know, the streaming has taken over the world and, you know, back in the day, sell music on iTunes for whatever dollar 29 a song or whatever. That's how we made our, our living. And, you know, now it, it's like less than a penny per stream that you get or whatever. So, like if I get a million streams on a on a song, that's only like four grand for a million. The pay scale is really crappy, so you have to really put your nose to the grindstone and get those numbers up to be able to make the numbers that were there, you know, a couple of years back when people actually still physically purchased music and and whatnot. But I mean, it's uh, it's also it's it's kind of a pro and a con because the streaming services have you know editorial playlists and things that can put you in front of fans that you may or may not have had before. So. There's um, 
there's definitely pluses and, and things to it as well. But that's that's the biggest thing I would say that has changed since I've kind of been ingrained in it. Right. Do you remember the first place that you got to play live? A place called One Star Ranch in Alpharetta, Georgia. It's, it's no longer there anymore, but played a little one, like one song open mic night slot there. And that kind of opened the door and met a bunch of cool people through that venue. But yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Do you have like a bucket list venue that you're hoping to play, you know, with this new year? Yeah. Uh, the Opry. I have a, a possible, um, a possibility that that may happen. I'll just say that I'm not going to count my chicken for a hatch. Before the hatch. <laughs> it's, um, it's something that has been brought up and mentioned by my team and they're, they're working on possibly making that happen for me. So. Oh yeah. Very cool. So when you go out and play, you have mentioned a few times that you have a couple of songs that are like some of your favorite songs to play live. And one of my favorite ones from you is Hot Mess. You mm. love playing that one live. Why is that? That one reminds me of my mom a lot. You know, just talking about a woman who kind of like me didn't have a choice but to put her nose to the grindstone and raise a family and and uh I guess pull up their bootstraps per se and just make it happen, captain kind of thing. So yeah, <laughs> it's a big homage to, to all the single mothers out there that that I believe don't get the praise they deserve. Right. You have some songs and even some album titles that kind of hint at a spiritual side of you, mm-hmm. as well as the whiskey drinking, hell raising, fun side that we all love. Do you sometimes kind of feel as though there's like a devil on one side and an angel on the other, kind of like pulling <coughs> you in multiple directions? Oh, yeah. For a long time. Yeah. I've, I've finally started leaning toward the angel a lot more lately. But yeah, I, I spent many years after, after mom passed that I've definitely had those those uh, little angel and devil moments for sure and i definitely have uh i would consider myself a christian or whatever i've, I've always said i don't believe in religion like baptist methodist pentecostal or whatever i just believe in a relationship with jesus christ and what the bible says and whatever and me and him got the rest worked out but that's kind of why i like practice what i preach and then the new one barstool preacher and whatever I, there's a scripture in the bible that says uh or two or more gathered in his name that's church and i believe that you know, sometimes if I sing a song, like sometimes I pray in a bar full of roughneck men, you know, or whatever. And you look out there and you see these big badass bikers squalling their eyes out, you know, because I'm talking about God and, you know, things like that. It, it means that I've done something right, you know, and, and maybe sometimes you can go to church at a bar, you know, definitely an unorthodox way of looking at it, but my brain's <laughs> a little crazy anyway. Well, there ain't no wrong way, you know, so... <laughs> Do you think that it's kind of affected your songwriting? Like, is one side easier to write about? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely always easier to write it down in a dump song because that's where a lot of hurt and passion and, like, true feelings are at. You know, it, it's it's always been really hard for me to write, like, a happy, up-going up party type song just because, I guess, while I do enjoy those things, there's already so many baby girl truck bed bonfire party type songs, you know, and, it's a lot easier to write about something like, you know, save my soul where I actually was, you know, shaking in a shower, having withdrawals and looking at myself in the mirror with disgust and, you know, deciding to turn my life around and, and work on myself and whatever. So it's a lot easier to write something out of a, a place of truth and a place of, I guess, what I would consider beautiful anguish when you look back on it, because if it weren't for the moments you went through that were hell, you wouldn't have those songs like that. But in the moment, the, the hell you were going through definitely 
seemed like you'd never make it through it. What do you think was kind of like your saving grace when you were going through all that? Definitely God, first and foremost, but two, you know, my wife and my kids, that that's what kind of turned it around. I mean, I, January 14th, I'll be sober for two months, no alcohol. Wow. So that's incredible. Um, I, uh, which I had, you know, laid down liquor and, and stuff like that prior. And I just kind of felt the, the urge that I needed to scale it back for a little while. I, I don't know if I'll quit forever or whatever, but for right now, it's just, it's time for me to put my, put my foot down and, and get this career popped off, take care of my youngins and be a good daddy and a good husband. And uh, I can still party like hell on stage for 90 minutes. Let's do it with no duels instead of a Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. You recently released a new single called Heartbeat. What's the story behind that song? Yeah, that one's kind of the uh, the fun one. that We actually just debuted the uh, the music video with Taste of Country in the boot. So that one's like kind of a sexy, just really wanting to wake up with your spouse, you know, either laying on you or you laying on them or whatever listening to their heartbeat and i love songs like you know uh, a lot of billy currington's early stuff some of his songs and dirk bentley like come a little closer and i just felt like there was a need for that intimate kind of lovey-dovey sexy type track because you don't really hear that as much anymore on modern country radio and i feel like it's a, a slot that needed to be filled so uh, myself and wyatt mccubbin the guy i mentioned earlier and uh, Carson Chamberlain actually wrote that song, but it's uh, it's definitely a sexy little ditty. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, coming up January 14th, going to be a big day for you. You're releasing your new album, Barstool Preacher. What can you tell us about that new album coming out? It's got a lot of everything on there. I think, you know, people that don't even like country or even people who, you know, prefer more modern country. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of something for everybody there. Um, there's super traditional country on it. There's a little more modern country. There's Southern rock. There's, you know, blues. I mean, it's got, it's just got a little bit of all my musical influences kind of put into one work of art, I guess. Um, that's what I'm kind of excited about to see, you know, the different types of musical demographics and how we you know what tracks they might lean toward and, and how they're accepted in that regard. I can't wait to hear some new music. I know I'm not the only one. I've been working on it for two years. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. About the time the pandemic started. If, we, if we're going to stop touring altogether, I got to be doing something to do with music. So we would go to Nashville and write and record. And yeah, I mean, I guess technically it's probably been in the works more for like three years because we released Barstool Preacher in 2018. And then we started writing for this one, like a little bit after that. So, but yeah. It's a long journey, but it's nice to see the finished product in hand. I've got to sign a bunch of the vinyls and stuff like that that'll be coming out on, on release day. So got to get your hand ready to sign all those. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a minute. <laughs> I'm not as practiced as I was before the, the pandemic, for sure. On that new album, do you have like a personal favorite song that you're really excited for everyone to see or just excited for the whole project? I have two favorites. I consider them both my babies on there, but um, there's one on there called Can't Take an Angel to Hell. It's talking about basically a talk I had with the devil to basically like he could take me because I'm not letting him take my wife down with me kind of thing or whatever. So it's like basically talking about a guy knowing that he's not good enough for his wife or whatever, and she's the angel and 
he's kind of got to get his life together because he can't take her down with him. And that was one I wrote about in my life. And then I guess my musical favorite that unfortunately I didn't write, it's probably one of the best songs I've ever heard, but it's called Buzzards. And uh, Wyatt wrote that one as well. And that, that's probably that's probably my favorite on the whole record. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to hear them all. Do you kind of feel like you benefit as an artist or that you like live somewhat in the shadows as an artist being from Georgia with all these big names that are coming out of there? You got like Aldine, Luke, Thomas Ray. I look up to all those guys. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say I feel like I'm in the shadow or anything. I mean, uh, we all started somewhere and and whatever. So I, I definitely have emulated, you know, some things that a lot of those guys have done and, and, you know, took influence from, especially people like Aldine and Brantley and even some of Luke's early stuff. And there's a lot of talent come out of the state. So I, I, I definitely think uh, must be something in the water down here. I definitely would agree. When you're on the road, how do you stay focused? I think the, the key to that is no sleep, roller food from gas stations and just trying to laugh a lot. I don't know. I mean, it, I'm, being, I'm kind of being smart aleck when I say that, but I, I don't know. Really, that there's no rhyme or reason to anything we do. A lot of times it's just playing jokes on one another or, you know, working up new songs. Or Back when I was drinking, there was a lot of constant partying. It didn't matter what time of the morning or day or whatever. It's always interesting being on a, a rolling, rolling single wide going up and down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up in one up until about a year and a half ago, so it, Felt like home the first time I got to ride around in that bus because it felt about the same size as my house. Speaking of, you know, all that lovely gas station food, <laughs> what's probably like your go-to snack when you're out on the road? I lean toward a lot of like mixed nuts and stuff. I've, I've never been a huge sweets person, so I don't do the a whole lot of candy or anything like that. But I like mixed nuts and like beef jerky and stuff like that. What do you think kind of drives you creatively? I mean, I, I think everything um, would be the answer to that. I mean, it, it could be the smallest thing ever that makes me want to create. I mean, I came up to a stop sign here local in Talking Rock, Georgia, that uh, had a cross tied to this stop sign, and it said, rest in peace, Greg Hauser. I have no idea who Greg Hauser is, but I just started like singing this thing in my head about a cross tied to a sign that read R.I.P.G. Hauser. And, you know, anyway, so I had to start writing a song about this cross and this guy that I don't know. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of just, when it hits me, it hits me. And I try to try to take it and make it something. And I, I've definitely wrote some decent somethings, but I've also wrote some turds too. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things when you write songs, you got to, you got to accept the bad ones and then hope you get a good one here and there. What do you think is probably your favorite song that you have written so far? Ooh, favorite one I've ever written. That's tough because I love them all for different reasons. But right, um, I'd probably say sometimes I pray. The one I wrote about my mom. Who'd you write that one with? Josh Phillips. He's a good one. If you could tell your fans one thing about what to look forward in the new year from you, what would you what would you tell them to look forward for? Obviously, new music and then uh, a lot of new music videos. We'll also be doing possibly some TV opportunities as well for me to to try out my uh, my role at acting, maybe. So we'll, we'll see. There you go. That's awesome. 
Did you ever think that you might do acting? I randomly started taking interest in it when I started watching the TV show Yellowstone because I saw Ryan Bingham on it. And I'm like, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Well, Jacob, to wrap up the interview, I'm going to ask you my personal favorite one to always ask everybody. So when you get to heaven, what's the first song you'd sing with someone that's already there? Oh, man, I guess first song I'd sing when I got to heaven. I guess it'd be uh, Dan Fogelberg, John Sutter's Mill. That was my mom Myra's favorite song. It's like an older, older song. But uh, my grandma and my mom really like that song, so I'd probably sing that with them too. I always like to hear what people come up with. Jacob, thank you so much for hopping on an episode of Back Porch Sipping. It's been a pleasure to have you on, and I can't wait to hopefully catch a show in 2022, and I'm pumped for this new album. January 14th going to be a big day for you and people can pre-save still. Are we still doing pre-save? Yeah, that there's digital pre-save and then we're also pre-selling uh, hard copy CDs and vinyl as well on my website, jacobbryantmusic.com. Perfect. And you're signing those too, right? Yep. Even better. Send everybody there to that website. And when people hear this music and they fall in love with you and want to keep up with you, where can they find you online? I'm pretty much everywhere. I've even got me a TikTok. Finally, I'm trying to keep up with the trends. I'm not on there shaking my derriere or nothing. I'm just trying to keep up with these youngsters. But now um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Um, most of them, my at would be at Jacob Bright Music. I think uh, Twitter is at Jacob Bright One or something, but I don't rarely use Twitter, so y'all don't even worry about that. But. I was going to say, you're still on Twitter. Wow. It's a forgotten platform, but I try to get on there and do something here and there. But I normally kind of lean toward Instagram and it's at Jacob Bright Music. Well, Jacob, like I said, we are really pumped to hear this new music. And I, I can't wait to see what 2022 holds for you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me on as well. Tell you what I'm feeling, let me tell you what I'm needing. Girl, it's such a simple plan. Don't need no wine, no roses, just in case you haven't noticed. I just wanna be your man. Baby, close the shades and let's forget the day.
baby, close the shades hey, Let's forget the day Lay right here and stay Thanks for listening to Back Porch Sippin' with Lindsay. Subscribe now to stay up to date and hear new episodes first. Be sure to like and follow us at Back Porch Sippin' P.O.D.